What's up, everybody? It's another episode of Not Safe for Wonks. And uh, it's me and Brandon here hanging out in the studio. What's up, Brandon? It's correct. Do you remember uh, being a kid and watching the kids' WB cartoons? Batman and Superman, they had their own cartoons, but they would come together once in a while. They'd shake hands. They'd have an adventure. And this is what I feel like we're doing today. Yeah. We're, we're pre-Iowa. We're pre and we're we're going on a Batman Superman adventure. We're both great at what we do, and we're even better together. So, great. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gosh, this is like there's been so much in the news that we really wanted to like address sooner. Even some of it, but like I'm slightly gosh, relieved that. I'm slightly relieved that Leia isn't here. And Leia will never listen to episodes that she's not on. So we don't have to worry about that. We can just shit talk all we want. <laughs> like, like I'm not, I wasn't even on this episode. Who cares? Um, but like, we get like 33% more time to talk and give our opinions. And this has been such a fucked up week that I feel like we could use the extra like free mic time to vent about how ridiculous this week was. Yeah, I, I've got some stuff to say. I feel like you definitely have a lot of stuff to say, too. Uh, like, you just seem, like, pent up with, like, takes just, uh, like, brimming at the surface. Man. Brandon's just walking around like a, like a man about to explode. Okay, first of all, we have not discussed <laughs> this on the podcast. However, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. Yo, like, I, I, I was... Yo, like I was at a okay. We don't even need to get into oh the problematic Kobe Bryant. Look, listen, like I was, he was my mom's favorite basketball player. Um, despite all that other stuff, and she texted me when it happened, and I was like at an organizing event. I was like doing like a phone bank or whatever, and yeah, man, she texted me, and it was just like Kobe, all exclamation points and some sad faces. So I instantly knew that he had died because just from how sad the text was, like how yeah. emotional she was. And so I was like, no, this, there's no way, right? So I'm going through my phone and trying to pull it up. And uh, I saw the news and like, I don't want to like get into it. Maybe some people are like watching politics stuff because they don't want to, like me, I'm an NBA person. So like during my downtime, I will just idly pull up NBA news. And it's been rough this week because whenever I do that, like by force of habit, it's just like, oh yeah, all of a sudden Kobe Bryant. And you just feel fucking bad for like five minutes and it sucks. But yeah, no, um, I think for a lot of us who are on the left, and maybe just anybody who follows politics, but I can't speak for conservatives. They're yeah, serious. Of course. Um, uh, it's like you kind of like you, you have to have other hobbies and like uh, things to like kind of look at it that's like a little bit less stressful where you can kind of like go to your happy place. And uh, so like for you, that's sports for me. Uh, one big one would probably be like food and wine food stuff. <laughs> You yeah, know? like and so I, I know what you mean, though, because like when Anthony Bourdain died, it was like all the food news was just sad, sad, sad. And I was sad, but it was like I go to food stuff to be happy. What do uh, I do right yo, now? Yo. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't I don't have a good answer. People that are still like uh, it's just one of those things. The Falcons were up 28 to three in the Super Bowl and we lost. And after the game, I was like, this will just feel bad forever for as long as we're alive. So for me, like, especially if you are familiar with the sport and you know Kobe Bryant is a personality, he was such a 
intelligent talker. We all just looked forward to him getting to the age of like Bill Russell or uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and just having commentary on the new generation because he was such an insightful thinker and talker, like more than maybe any basketball player in the history of basketball was so eloquent about the sport and what people needed to do. And it, it, it's just a bummer because we've lost out on a lot of knowledge. Um, and I guess that's also, just been on though, my mind. By that same token, I think that there's a lot of frustration that, you know, when powerful people who are in question die, then also there's a loss of like the potential of justice for some people in this so a certain to a I certain that, extent I, I think that there 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 are a lot of people out there right now who feel a certain restless frustration over this sure. and i think for like the people who were potentially abused by kobe bryant like there is like a reason to be like kind of out there out there reminding people that you exist and like that's not wrong either like no, I, I think not. it's okay to mourn him but it's also okay for for the people who are out there because those people are getting attacked too you know from <laughs> different folks and you know i just want to say like i think it's good if people are out there reminding people that hey this guy might have been not everything that we think he was and like even more so than that might have been like you know, a, a a danger to other people at times in his life. I, I and think, like, I don't know, it's complicated, but like, I, I think yeah. there should be room for both maybe in the discourse, be. like that, like people should be allowed to be like kind of sad and that other people should be allowed to be frustrated. And that like, those are both acceptable reactions to his death, possibly, but I don't. This is complicated, man. The bad, the bad you do in your life doesn't wash out the good, and the good doesn't outwash the bad. All, all of it should have its own reward and judgment. Um, and his alleged—I mean, I don't want to like have a definitive whatever, but I do want to take that accusation seriously, right? So his alleged yeah. accuser, uh, I think, had some measure of closure, uh, just because of the pure bulk of investigation and the settlement and all the other stuff. Uh, I think they had more closure than the average victim of sexual assault. Um, but however, I, I will just freely say I didn't super look into it. Like the way that I looked into like the Chris Brown thing. Um, so like, I don't know all the facts of that issue. And maybe somebody knows more than me is like, Oh, you piece of shit. You need to learn from da da da. It's just it's just fucked up all around, and yeah. um, I definitely like. I don't think it's I've posted really a on tragic way to die. Let's just say that, like, especially with your, especially regardless of how you feel with your child. That like, is that's truly, not. Good. I mean, like the sins of the parent do not transfer onto the child. So no, even if you're like fuck Kobe completely. It's fucked up that his daughter was in that crash. That's horrible. Other people who are like just on the basketball team and were just yeah. like, hey, I want to get a ride. Let's go. Okay. You know, like a happy day in Los Angeles and it ends in like just the, the worst just the way. Worst. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry to bring down the tone, but like I haven't posted. I don't think I've been on Twitter all week. I've been like, I've been doing other shit, but that brought my mood down. Like, especially because like, 
whenever it's not somebody like the news has been great overall yeah that's true too i've been watching the impeachment trial i'll just say before we segue to that just like when somebody dies before their time it casts a stain on just whenever you talk about them because whenever you like they come up you think about them passing before it was their time and you just it just suddenly hits you and you just feel bad it sucks but um i don't want to i hate whenever podcasts talk about serious shit because like people are listening to this to get away from the serious shit however i'm the host of the show and it's half my show and the shit was on my mind so you know fuck it um yeah but however about the things that are yeah there is no something our brains up yeah like (laughs) being on this show is partially like for us to talk about shit we care about so there you go and there is no uh, easy transition away from that, but let's just transition away from it. Uh, I talked, yeah, I talked about uh, I've been watching the entire impeachment trial. I don't know why. Like I work at home, like I'm lucky enough to have a remote job, and um, like I can just have ambient television on. And I've just chosen the impeachment trial, which ran for eight hours a day, uh, and kind of overlap with my work hours to be my ambient television. What a shit show. What a foregone conclusion. What a, like, total ridiculous waste of time. Everybody knew how the votes were going to land, how they were going to go out. It's just people grandstanding back and forth at each other. Um, So much of our political system, is the results are baked in on election day. You already know what's going to happen and who's going to do what. And that's why we got so excited about midterms, because it's a chance to push this this pile of wood in a more positive direction. So we pushed it enough to change the house, but the Senate is what it is. And you saw the results of that right here. Yeah. And I think that there might be a positive to the fact that like a lot of people are seeing this and just being really turned off by a lot of what's going on. And even if they're being turned off to both, conservative republicans and like moderate democrats that's okay with me like (laughs) you know so like i i don't care because i i want progressives in office i don't want these tired moderate dinosaurs who won't do anything i have Um, a i have an interesting question for you to cut in has your has your opinion of adam schiff improved or declined or been the same through the impeachment trial i would actually say that it's improved slightly um, I did not. I, I, I kind of, we kind of touched on this on an earlier podcast when we were talking about the house, you know, investigative committee, whatever I, stuff like, um, that like I, Adam Schiff has sometimes slightly deserved the reputation of being like a little dramatic and camera hungry. You know what I mean? And like, and, and so, uh, there was a little bit of hesitation in me as to how he would handle all this, but he has been surprisingly like just in charge and like capable and like reasonable about this whole thing. Even knowing that it's a fucking shit show, like he's still doing his best with it. And like, I don't know. Uh, he's not my he's not my hero now but like i would say that like before this i pretty much didn't have any reason to like him but i've watched enough of the impeachment stuff that i'm like 
there might be some integrity in this guy. I need to know more about him, but maybe Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff is sponsored completely. He's a subsidiary of Raytheon, so don't like get your panties too wet for him. Yeah. But however, um, let's just like we're talking about people being complicated. Let's put the fact that he's a subsidiary of Raytheon aside. Um, he's been a extremely eloquent spokesman uh, during the impeachment hearings. He's been that throughout the Mueller report. He's been that all the time. Um, he's able to take obfuscation and pick out the part of it that's bullshit and kind of stretch it out and go, look at this. Isn't this bullshit? And that's not nothing. That is a talent. Um, and it's good that he's able to do that. Let me put it this way. Um, there's about four people or so in Congress that I don't want to be replaced. And I think you know who they are, listeners, and Brandon. I'm obviously talking about, you know, AOC, Ilhan Omar, uh, the squad. Like, uh, and, and you might remove Ayana and put Bernie there because he's in Congress. <laughs> <laughs> you might put uh, Pramila in there. It's not a huge I, list. Ayana definitely is like, uh, let me it's like, put it this way. There's like a there's like a standard that I have right now because the situation is so, in my opinion, dire. And I think we're gonna get more into this later in of the course. episode. Yeah, we will. Um, but uh but like if we had like a super progressive Congress, I would definitely be like, Ayana needs to step up or get out. You know, right. <laughs> like right. and and okay, so getting but back she, to Adam Schiff. But yeah, she is a little I'll I'll segue. She's a little like Schiff in that she's eloquent at figuring out the part of an argument that's bullshit and going look at this are you guys kidding me it is one of her talents and Schiff has that talent as well i definitely want her in congress now but if if in my ideal government i don't know (laughs) we'd have to talk about it um yeah in your ideal government you would be removed from office as a conservative they would just kick you out yeah, yeah, I would not be allowed. Yeah, um, you'd be ejected <laughs> as a lib. They <laughs> um, but so Schiff. Okay, so if here's what I'll say is like right now, yeah, he still needs to be removed from office because he's just like too many of them. He's a corporate puppet. He's moderate on issues that matter. There's just too many things wrong with him. Um, but Schiff has showed enough integrity. That I, I'm not like some complete absolutist, like there is no forgiveness type of leftist. If if he rejected all his corporate money and said, I want to make a change, I want to be a part of the, the new progressive movement, like let's say after Bernie's elected, like some people might do this in the same way that some people said, I'm going to be a Trump fascist. You're when- fine with him being like our Paul Ryan and we just beat him into submission I, and he I'm, does what he's told and it's like, all right, Paul, you can stay. I'm not even saying I'd be fine with it, but I'd give him a chance. You know, <laughs> I wouldn't just be like, Adam Schiff doesn't get a chance because of his past. I'd be like, no, okay. If you will reject all your corporate money, like get it out, do grassroots fundraising, be a man of the people. I believe that he has that potential maybe. That's very, gener- that's very generous of you. Um, we've seen one of the frustrations of this impeachment trial is we're nitpicking over like Adam Schiff's defense industry donations and like the Republican <laughs> Party is just 
they're on some Genghis Khan shit. Like they are just pillaging, they're robbing, they're just doing whatever. Like, I don't even know if I call it that. That makes it sound a lot more organized. Like Genghis Khan had a lot of like. Ah, uh, okay. Apologies to Genghis <laughs> with apologies to Genghis Khan. Uh, the Republican Party is just on one. They're on some new shit. Um. How much of Genghis Khan was considerably to the left of a lot of the people there in, in GOP oh, right now? Uh, Genghis, Khan, <laughs> Genghis Khan was pro diversity. Um, when he conquered a territory, he was like, All right, what are you good at? Can you work for me? I've got jobs for people. Um, hey, if you surrender, I won't blow you up. Like Genghis, jobs for all. Good. Yeah, <laughs> Genghis was a jobs for all, he was a federal jobs guarantee guy. So yeah, he I was anti-woman though, so he had that in common with misogyny. Oh, big yeah. bummer! Everyone yeah. is problematic. <laughs> Everyone is problematic. <laughs> but uh, how much of this impeachment trial did you watch, J Dog? Not that much. Um, I couldn't. I just I watch a lot of this stuff too, which is weird. Watch the whole House trial. You watched like a lot of the house trial. Um, and, and like I, I also like it. I watch shit like the the whole Facebook hearing. Like I watch a lot of this shit, you know. <laughs> so normally I have the stomach for it, but this just felt like too much of a foregone conclusion. And also like I'm just upset now with the fact that impeachment is revolving entirely around these petty issues. I don't disagree that like stuff like ukraine could have been a useful spearhead but the fact that articles don't address war crimes it's many crimes or any many fucking like, yes, crimes so many fucking significant goddamn crimes fucking people in cages at the goddamn border and shit this is just so like why is none of this in the fucking articles it's just so frustrating. I feel like if that shit, if enough of this shit had made it in, that we would actually have a better chance of maybe turning this into something useful. But as it stands, first of all, Nancy Pelosi fucking sat on these articles as long as she could, which was the worst possible move because that just gave Mitch McConnell all the time in the world to prepare all the shit that we see unfolding now with you know, them trying to just like block any interesting, significant witnesses towards a lot of this shit or anything from just like even happening in this fucking trial at all. So like, oh, it's just like, it's, it's just such a fucking shit show. Nancy Pelosi sucks big time. Um, Mitch McConnell is like literally some kind of ghoul. He's not a human. Um, I know I've said this before, but like, I don't know how people vote for Mitch McConnell. Like, that's like the Crip Keeper. I know I'm showing my millennial right now, but that's like the Crip Keeper fucking, which is a spooky, scary skeleton man for those of you who are like Zoomers and shit. Um, <laughs> if you're a Zoomer, just look this shit up. Pause the podcast. Look up Crip Keeper on your phone. You'll be fine. Like, it's it's like that. That's what Mitch McConnell looks like to me. Is like if if the Crypt Keeper was on TV, like yes, give me blood and votes. Crip, yeah. Mitch McConnell is popular because he promises to shit on the people that they hate in Kentucky. 
Um, and so they just do it, and it just is what it is. I don't know if don't he's going to be like he hate he hates what they hate. That sometimes that's enough, and they know that he makes us mad. Like Mitch McConnell is just voting for him. It's just like a go fuck yourself vote for like people like us. It's just like telling us to go fuck yeah, ourselves. Well, actually, it's a little like it's a little like Kavanaugh. Not as bad, but it's the same principle. You know, I mean, this is actually kind of touching on something really important because that, like, if they hate what you hate, and that sometimes that's enough. Let me tell you when that's enough is when the Democratic candidate offers fucking nothing because they're a neo-lib piece of shit with no solutions. Um. You know, when 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 you're working class, living potentially rural, like a lot of Kentuckians do and things like that, and you're looking at your two options and one of them is offering you something and the other one is offering you literally nothing, which is what like a lot of shitty Democrats like this is like what is Amy Klobuchar's platform? He's going to get things done. But those things are also it doesn't matter. Nothing. They're thi- they're things, and they're like, getting done. If That's you like... ask her about any, like at every debate, it's like Amy Klobuchar. Can anything be done about the military-industrial complex? No. Can anything be done about the climate? Not really. Can anything be done about healthcare? No. Like, <laughs> like, and that's. That's just the way a lot of moderate Democrats are. It's the way they think. And they're really obsessed with concepts like political capital. And like, you can't spend all your political capital at once. Barack Obama did that on the ACA. Like, uh, I've told people, like, if Obama represents the most we can do, we have to just change politics altogether. Like anything that involves like, well, Obama couldn't do this. That's a fucking problem. Like, all right, then if Obama couldn't do it, then that means your entire worldview needs to be dissolved. And I think the deal with like the Democrats and with Pelosi, especially like, why didn't she do more? Well, it's a catch 22 because if you like throw the book, it makes it simpler to say, oh, this, is, this isn't this is true. You know, it gives more room for doubt. So they made like a, um, you know, they made a simple case. But now that it gives them room to say, oh, that's not serious enough. So there was no real way to win. And so many of I our, don't know. our problems in Congress are baked in as soon as the votes are in. Like, nobody thinks that the Republicans are really, like, evaluating the evidence. And, like, Lisa Murkowski does that right, fucking stupid tweet. I'm going to go home with my glasses. I'm going to read. I'm going to come to an informed decision. Nobody believes that shit. Like, no matter who you are, everybody, like, if you're intelligent, you know. And I'll just backtrack a little bit. Mitt Romney made his vote, and, you know, he's off in independent world. They probably, he he doesn't give a shit, right? And then, uh, so they took account of everybody else, and they said, okay, we can afford to lose one more. Who needs it the most? And Susan Collins was like, oh, I'm in Maine. It's, a, it's an election year. I voted to put, like, a literal rapist on the Supreme Court. What can I do to be moderate? And so McConnell was like, all right, you come over here. We'll, we'll count you as a no vote so you can get some good boy points with the state of Maine. And then he was like, all right, everybody else has got to get in line. 
Um, Lamar Alexander. All right. Well, I want permission to make some noises about how I might not vote. And Mitch was like, well, you got to vote. So make your noises and then vote. Okay. I'll be a good boy. I'll do it. And then he did it. He was like, oh, well, he's obviously guilty, but we also can't have evidence. What the fuck sense does that make? His statement is, I his their case has been proven, but there can't be any evidence. Uh, the yeah. voters have to vote him out. Uh, vote him out based on what if they can't see the fucking evidence, right? I know. Like, it makes uh, no fucking, like it obviously here, makes okay. no sense. It's the kind here's of thing, thing you thing. only can say if you're fucking used to having undisputed power and everybody just kissing your ring at all times. Here's the thing about not throwing the book, though. To me, this feels a little like basically every privileged white man on trial in terms of like, you know, if 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 you're like a rich white guy and you get in trouble, um, you know, when the police haul your ass in, they'll charge you with this, that, and the other. And then you kind of bargain your way down to just a couple of charges. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, it just kind of feels like one of those situations where it's like, she should have just thrown the freaking book at him. This whole argument that it would have been too complex for people to understand. I think the American people can fucking understand that Donald Trump has done more than two bad things. It made like, no <laughs> difference. It made no difference to the end result. If she had thrown the book at his ass, we would have the exact same 49 to 51 vote. It didn't change one goddamn opinion. It just made you look pusillanimous. That's it. That's all it did. It's ridiculous. I, I nah. Well, do you think that a stronger impeachment case would have swayed a Republican vote? Not necessarily, but I think there it would go. have been better for, like, so th the whole thing about this impeachment thing is that it's been basically a foregone conclusion from the very beginning that the Senate would not go for it under any circumstances, that right. Mitch McConnell has control of the Republicans, they all fall in line, and that, you know, like, it, it didn't matter. Here's the thing, though. If this had been handled well, the trial could have been an opportunity to expose shit, to, like, get information out there about the fucking border camps where all of these refugees and other migrants and people are being kept right now, basically illegally. You know, it's just, I mean, it's so criminal so much of what's going on and so and a lot of it's happening behind closed doors and these political people in power they have the ability to open at least some of those doors they can't always open them all and show us everything but they can because they, sometimes they don't even get to see it and you know but like they can open some of these doors and show us some shit and that was the potential of impeachment in my opinion like that's that's where it like had something to it some kind of meat or value was there are, like there are like so... let's drag some shit out and show it um but instead it's just like let's talk about this one phone call that trump made to ukraine where he was a bad boy there are like, so many crimes kennedy there are so many crimes he's president crimes like that's the thing like, they could have made it into like a forever trial even and just like just really made him look bad but between the articles being weak 
and Pelosi just sitting on them and allowing Mitch McConnell to formulate completely his strategy. Like, of course, they were going to vote no, but like Mitch McConnell had time to like change the rules and shit, you know, like we didn't have to give him that. You give Pelosi slightly more credit if she comes out and is like, yeah, we're just going to this will be a forever trial. We're just going to be doing stuff for the next nine months. Or do you feel like she's irrevocably blew it by now? What do you think? I just, the situation that you're uh, like presenting of all the hypotheticals we've ever discussed on this show. And some of them have been pretty remote. This is the hardest pride for me to she's, of anything. She's like, made her some having noises. a spine is so hard. Like she always makes noise though. That's the thing. She always kind of like, is like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go for it. And then the time comes and she's like, well, I thought about it, slept on it, you know, and it, I have to be a little bit more moderate because blah, 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 blah. Like that's the Pelosi way. That's like the, I mean, a lot of neolibs are like this. They're like, yeah, let's be progressive. And then they're like, oh, well, we did a little research and some internal polling and, you know, they start throwing all this, quote unquote facts at you that are like a lot of them obviously massaged in various ways or presented from curious angles you know what i mean it's just like that's that's what she does like i don't expect it to become anything senate has made it clear that uh they will not do anything until the house has made a more thorough case against trump and they've looked into all the facts. So I would love for Pelosi to say, okay, that's all we're doing for the rest of the year. We're looking into Trump facts. Um, if she did that, it would be honestly I'm, like, it would be good. Like, I mean, cause come on, what else are you going to do? The Senate has already <laughs> made it clear that they're not going to pass any bills that are worthwhile. Right. Like that, you know, like the, the, the country's in a complete political gridlock. Trump's insane. You know, we're doing everything we can to get him the fuck out of office in 2020 or more accurately, you know, beginning of 2021, but whatever. Um, and like, okay, so if this is the situation you're in as the house, just fucking investigate the fuck out of Trump. What else should you be doing? Fucking nothing. <laughs> I know that if the shit was about Benghazi, there'd be nothing else. So <laughs> this shit is way worse than Benghazi. Like there's shit about like the, in about fucking Africa policy um, that I don't even want to get into on this episode, but there have been Benghazi-like incidents in Africa um, just from Trump just being an idiot and getting people absolutely people fucking murdered. Uh, that could literally just with the Saudis like that. That whole thing could be blown open, and it would be like unbelievable like the the level of corruption that would be uncovered if like we got into the deals he's been making with saudi arabia yeah um like there's so many things that are super corrupt that have just been forgotten about and if i were to talk about like the shit that happened in niger and how it comes from our fucking chad policy like nobody would even remember that shit but it was from like a couple years ago Ah, it's infuriate. He's president crimes, Kennedy. Like there's literal crimes every yes. week. Yes. It's just mind blowing that like uh. shit, so much shit happens and it's just like there's too many crimes. We can't even hold them all in our hands. And um <laughs> I, 
It's just it's just fucking infuriating. It's like the episode of Simpsons with Mr. Burns with all the fucking diseases, except with this guy, it's fucking crimes. <laughs> yes. It just goes um, on and on God and on. Damn. Yeah, man. So uh, uh, let's transition though, because we just mentioned like getting him out of office. And we are this episode will come out on the day of the Iowa primaries. Um, so obviously we don't know in advance what those are going to be. We are not mind readers, nor are we like shadow we government operatives. Yes, well, well, okay. First of all, so, we are tapped into the astral network. We could we're ask Mary astral network. Yeah, but that's we try not, not to abuse that power. But there is that. But uh, first of all, you don't want to abuse the power too much. There can be consequences to that. And Our second of all, <laughs> uh, <laughs> second of all. Uh, you know, we're only connected to other people in the astral network, and so you yeah, know, it's not it's not exactly the same as being psychic, right? It's so mass tele telepathy. It's not the same as right. Yeah. So we can't we can't we can't exactly breach the space time like, continuum or anything like that. We can't read that. What I'm saying is we can't read the thoughts of Biden voters because they, they never like, donated. They, they have well, they they're just they have no like. Their soul is like basically like in, in enclosed in an egg. <laughs> and you We're know, it's just it's, right it's, now we are picturing every access. Biden supporter in a golden egg right now. <laughs> <laughs> We're making so many weird references to the beginning of the show. That's fine. Um, They'll be fine. They'll be fine. They'll know. There's go no back way. and listen to the terrible early episodes. Oh, Actually, don't God. do that. Please don't, don't do that. Please no, don't. Go listen, go listen to the Donna episode. If you haven't listened to it yet, listen to it again. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that's when okay. our podcast started. Yeah. <laughs> Episode one, Donna um, Imam. Uh, so Iowa primary is uh, Monday, and that's right around the corner. We're making this over the weekend. Um, so it's how, looking... how, it looks Bernie. I like when we did our predictions like two weeks ago. We were like. I was like, maybe Pete, just from the fact that Bernie was in so many fights at the time. But now it feels like Bernie is out of the fights. We're going into the last weekend. Everyone has been humbled, whatever. Unless something crazy drops, like as we're recording this, uh, it looks like they're going to go in and do these votes Monday night. And Bernie's going to fucking have a nice, clean runway. Uh, He's got all the momentum right now. Would you say that? I I would say overall, yes. I, I'm slightly concerned still because there have been some rumblings, you know, and I know a lot of like the candidates are just doing anything they can to like compete in Iowa. So it's it's it makes it a little hard to predict, but Bernie seems to be the only one with just like a super clear lane to the finish line right now. Um, even with like, I mean, so I think like Andrew Yang is going to be like a bit of an unexpected, like overrepresented at this caucus kind of situation. Is he going to get over 15%? Will he be declared non-viable? Um, I don't know what's going to happen, honestly, with him because the Democratic establishment is very unpredictable right now. They've treated him very strangely for sure. Um, and like, 
so like they might like try to declare him non-viable or something but on the other hand like i think that if andrew yang even gets a large percentage which he could i think that if it like as this winnows down i think like some of those people would just be like okay fuck it we're doing bernie you know what i mean yeah that's that's very true i mean like because i think a lot of i i've talked with a lot of yang gang people we've had some yang gang people on the show i think that overall even if we don't see eye to eye on a lot of specific shit yang gang people are also like looking for change you know um and like not just like not just like a a, a superficial change but like systematic change and a lot of them recognize that there are two candidates offering this and for whatever reasons they're more inclined to choose yang as their favorite but most of them still if you press them would say or at least a lot of the ones that i've talked to i don't i don't want to over represent but like the people i've spoken to if you press them would say yeah well there's bernie's the other one you know <laughs> bernie's the other acceptable guy here um Pete was my pick to win Iowa just because he's been the only one that stayed out of the fights. But it looks like like that the fights have kind of concluded between, you know, Warren and Biden and all the other stuff. And he's got a he got a poll canceled. He called the manager of polls uh, because his name was left off of one question. And I wonder where that energy was for like Mike Gravel, who got left off of many questions and got left out of the debates altogether. <laughs> or Marion Williamson, who was left off of like numerous Lots polls. Of polls, yeah. Um, and Yang got left out of polls early on. Uh, he gets left Eventually off. Eventually, they had to stop doing that for the most part, but they still try to, you know, squeeze him uh, they out try of the to, poll when they like, can. Regardless of how you feel about Yang, uh, in very few people have been. Fucked as much by the media as Yang has. Um, just the and pure. The just yeah. Really. Like, how can anyone be unbiased and look at the way Yang's been treated? I don't even. I don't give a fuck about Yang. Like, real shit. If you're Yang gang, you listen. I really don't give a fuck about you. Podcast, However, you you yeah. know that we've been critical of Yang as right. hell. However, I give a fuck about democracy. Like this shit's the shit that's been going on with Yang in terms of his speaking time at debates, his coverage in the press, the way that he's been kind of reduced to a gimmick guy. Like it's obviously not non-demographic. Just just on principle, he's it's been some fuck shit. Like it's not been right. Um, like if you are a person that just cares about fairness, then you cannot look at the way Yang's been treated and be like, yeah, that's fair. Um He's just overcome that. And it must be infuriating if you're a Yang supporter, like LOL, you've been fucking grinding since September trying to get this guy some heat, right? And he's he got up to like 8% for like a couple weeks. And then he's down to like maybe 4% now. Bloomberg is at 10%. Just he just spent money. That must be like just like, oh God, what's the point of any of this shit? I spent all this time organizing and like stayers at 10 in, in South Carolina, Bloomberg's at 10 nationally. He just bought all the ads and he's on TV. That's it. That's all he did. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, we've joked a little about like Yang's financial status and discussed it like a little bit more seriously as well, you know, in terms of like 
him not being that rich, but still being in a place of relative privilege. But um, um, like, uh, say what you will about his status of privilege. Yang did not buy his way into the election. He built a grassroots. He did not. Yes, he did. You you have to acknowledge that no matter how you feel about him. And so, yeah, that has to be frustrating as hell because like gang gangers are doing it, are doing it legitimately. Like you say, they've just been grinding and uh, fucking stare just. Buy ads, bro. And, yeah. and, and, and then and then even worse than that is Bloomberg. Bloomberg's way worse. Say that Stayer is running a real presidential campaign. Like he he's might have been a real kind campaign. of a shit about it. Yes. But like he and like he might not be a good person. He might not be worth voting for. I'm not endorsing I, him. But like, but but he's he's running a real campaign. And also, um, and also, Steyer has like a history of supporting grassroots activism, even though this is not a grassroots presidential campaign. But he does dump money on like regular neighborhood organizations and shit like that. Um, Bloomberg so has at Bloomberg, least like has redeeming yeah. qualities, even if he sucks at overall. Correct. Even if we're like opposing him on principle, it's it's so infuriating. This Bloomberg shit is so bad; it has me like defending Steyer. Um, I know like, that's uh... it's fucking terrible. So this Bloomberg shit, we gotta like just oh god. All right, it's, so it's, it's just all television ads, and the DNC changed their rules because like he gave them money, like he he just like donated a lot of money, and they're like oh he, we're changing the rules for him, and it's worse because for Mike Gravel. They kicked them out and were like, we've got to respect the rules. Blah, 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 blah. So he couldn't get on a debate stage. But for Bloomberg, it was like, well, rules have exceptions. Come on in, buddy. Cash in pocket. Like, it just is infuriating. It's so Tom good. Tom Perez had the nerve to get on Twitter and say that this had to do with democracy or some shit. Like, if you actually gave a shit, you would have relaxed the requirements a long time ago and gotten Tulsi onto more stages right. and Yang onto more stages. These guys, these fucking Democrats spent the last six months talking about, I don't want choices. Get everybody off the stage. I just want two people to talk to and listen to. I don't give a shit. Oh, I don't care. We were the ones this entire time since fucking July talking about, it's good to have more choices. Maybe you should fucking grow your attention span, listen to these people, take notes if you your brain really cannot comprehend like 10 people being on stage and make an educated choice because they're not all the same, right? For the yeah. for that to be the, the overriding principle, not just at the DNC, but with all these shit libs on Reddit, on uh, Discord, on certain fucking dorky ass Discords that we both have a tangential relation to, uh, on uh. Twitter... Yeah, certain dorky ass discords. I oh, we're like one. too many choices. Oh God, when are we just gonna get to the real serious people? Uh, and when we get on here on shows like this and say this is all bullshit, it's a power serving tautology, and people boo boo us like they'll oh, these fucking lefties are just not serious about this. They don't take anything in good faith. This is fucking why. 
because as soon as somebody with cash came into the door, suddenly all that shit, like we are all expected to have no memory, right? So we're supposed to like forget all the fall, all the winter. Boy, you know, democracy, we need to forget Julian field. Castro being shy one fucking poll. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, one poll, you're out of here, buddy. Sorry, no, no, nope. sorry, buddy. We can't relax the rules even slightly. But boy, if you've got some cash, suddenly, yeah, no grassroots support. No, oh, oh, all these people who are going, all black people are the center and the heart of the Democratic Party. Does, does do you know any black people that fuck with Bloomberg unless they're on his staff and being paid by him? I don't know any. Okay, so I don't think I don't think that person exists. Not one. I know <laughs> I know a fucking black Buttigieg supporter. Okay, so don't tr trust me. I have black friends from across the fucking ideological spectrum. I've got a well, you know, Pete just sounds good. I have one of those, right? None for Bloomberg. Um, but he came in. I, I've heard of one Bloomberg supporter in real life. That's he's crazy. A, he's a white, like Reiki teacher. So fucking. Uh, I guess there Marianne, you go, Marianne, Marianne dropped out, and Bloomberg was his number two. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like every Reiki teacher I know supports Marianne. Um, yeah. Okay. So he comes in, he drops down a, a bag of cash, and they're like, "Rules are made to be broken. Come on in." Like, uh, how is the Democratic Party seen as legitimate when they do things like this? I don't think they even. No, no, they don't believe not. it. They don't. They're not. Here's the thing is what's seen as legitimate is the counter movement. And a lot of people are still struggling to accept that. But like Bernie is more legitimate. If we did a poll right now, uh, who who do you trust, Bernie Sanders or Tom Perez? Oh, that's not even close. Bernie Sanders is considered the most trustworthy politician in America. Let's break it down to a lower level. Who do you trust, Joe Rogan or Tom Perez? Here's a guy that smokes weed all day and stares at his fucking feet, right? And says the <laughs> stupidest shit imaginable Whoa. on the Whoa. regular. Whoa. I know that he's not like committing genocide for profit, though, right? Regardless of what you have to say about Joe Rogan, he's not like just like rolling over for the Republicans, showing his belly, getting little belly rubs. Tom Perez just loves to get Republican belly rubs. Like it just makes him fucking happy. Yeah, Tom, yeah, even it, I, I don't care how low your opinion of Rogan is. I bet your I opinion of Tom Hitler Perez is lower. Yeah, and no if you shit. don't have an opinion of Tom Perez and you go learn about him, your opinion will be very low very quickly. He's like, He's like a Rahm Emanuel, you know, like he's like just one of these complete fucking snake in the grass. Oh, yeah, I care about the people. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, an Obama guy, right? Obama's choice for DNC chair. Yep. Which, by the way, this also adds to my theory. Like, Obama can endorse when he wants to, right? Like, he did endorse Tom Perez. But for some yeah, reason... Yeah, he could do it. He could yeah. But he, I just don't. I just think he doesn't have to guess. I could be wrong. Like next week, we could be doing a new podcast. Turns out I was wrong. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't want to call it. Yeah, but I just don't like, sense. I don't smell. I think guts he could. He could, but, but I don't smell it. Yeah, especially for it. especially for who? Because does he? If if, right, if he's going who? to endorse Biden, why didn't he do it three months ago? 
if he's going and he's to tacitly endorsing Warren, yes, he I can t- like his actions and right. you know yeah. But Warren is sinking like a stone. Why didn't you do it three three months ago? Um, if Obama had come out and endorsed Warren, I mean, can you imagine? A different race, be a different totally race, totally different race. Uh, if he had come out and endorsed like all these people, oh, people of color, he could have endorsed Castro, he could have endorsed Harris. He's a free fucking moral agent, he can endorse whoever the fuck he wants, but he's just chosen not to put his weight behind anybody. So, um, he doesn't want to like fuck with his credibility or be in the fray or whatever it is. We're all in the fray, we don't have a fucking choice, we don't have like a mansion to go to. So, yeah, I don't know. So let's talk about, because you kind of just mentioned it in a way, like let's talk about how we feel about our own ability to potentially endorse someone or like what that even means. Okay. Well, first of all, I find, I find the, if you are not at least a mayor of a city, you're not endorsing, you're just supporting. You're not like an endorsement means you like matter. I don't know how many Twitter followers you need to have an endorsement, but like, I feel so whenever there's like an online poll, that's like endorse Bernie, endorse Gravel, endorse Kamala. Like it's goofy. I find that super goofy. Your regular ass can't, your regular ass can't endorse any, but I know what you mean. We have, we have a little bit of a platform. I mean, this show. Yeah has honestly, you know, just exceeded our expectations on every level so far. And we're just really hopeful about where it's going to go. So, uh, um, you know, it's amazing how many people, you know, enjoy interacting with us on Twitter and, you know, get down with our episodes and shit. So I do love it. Love uh, to see it. So with that in mind, when we say blah, 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 maybe give this candidate a, a buck or something, People will will kind of sometimes take that as like, okay, our platform is sort of endorsing that person. That endorsement may not be worth very much, but it reflects potentially on On us a little bit. Yeah, sure. And, you know, things like that. Um, And so, like, let me tell you what I think all of our people have in common, because I feel like. Anyone who's like not on the left would laugh when we say this, like if I were to find a libertarian and show this we have candidates from across the ideological spectrum (laughs) they would crack up laughing (laughs) as we say that but i feel like we have a pretty wide range of ideological candidates like not super wide but pretty wide um i think the thing that unites everyone that we talk to is that they sincerely believe that we need systemic change very quickly um I think that they're all agreed on their timeline for systemic change. Now, what the timeline is exactly and what those systemic changes are is a little can be different, right? Some people are more hardcore than others. Right. Um, but I, I think... Like, we've talked to candidates that are, you know, kind of just like, Medicare for all, Green New Deal, you know. The way, let, and, yo, and let me just say, that's yeah. great. Yes. Fucking please, we need that shit so bad, and a lot of the politicians in office will not do it. Like, if we have to vote your ass out of office eventually, because eventually you're too lib, so be it. But like, let's get you in office right now and get those votes because we need to do this uh, shit yesterday. Yeah. So, um, um, 
you know, but, but, uh, you know, we talked from everybody to that to like, you know, people who are like, let's give, you know, uh, corporate ownership to the workers and, you know, like means uh, of production type of shit. So it, it definitely, it varies for sure. But, but everybody, like you say, is committed to, we got to get something done. Shit and sucks. Too many, the, look, this shit just, sucks caucus. Yeah. It's unbelievable how many people in politics are just like, let's get nothing done. Like literally, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, 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 this, is, this is where we're at. But let's you know, get it done, that, yeah. Is that like, just like anybody who's like, let's get it done, we're just like, yeah. Because here's the thing, is like this podcast is not, like we are pretty far left, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I yes. need to talk about this I shit. I don't consider, but, yeah. Um, but like as people, but like the way that we operate politically is all about like, what's some shit that we can get done in terms of like, you know, actually like helping people's lives. It can't be meaningless change. Like not just like, let's get some, you know, some paltry, whatever done, but like, what's some real shit that we can get done and like, you know, bring people out of suffering because like we come from like lower socioeconomic backgrounds and shit for the most part. And like, like a lot of like marginalized kind of spaces in this country as a podcast, which a lot of other podcasters and people don't. And so maybe it's easier for them to hold some kind of absolutely fucking purist ideological standard. We care about harm reduction. Like we need shit now. I mean, I'm very open-minded personally just about coalition building. And I don't like, I care about labels. Like we've had, okay, well, okay, let's back up a little bit. To what extent do I care about labels? Um, hmm. it, I've, I've had people approach me talking about have X person on the show. The first thing I do is I go on their show. I type in, I go on their Twitter account. I search for GND or Green New Deal. I search for Medicare. If I don't see either of those, I'm out. Like it's like, no, it's fine. Uh, that person can can support themselves. If I see like no, I, I there's a very there's a person who I was very interested in having on. They didn't have the word Medicare on their Twitter feed. They had the word affordable like 15 times. I was like, nah, I'm, I'm good. I'm out because we have a lot of those already. Um, so I do have a baseline, but like. I don't also don't care about labels specifically. I do to an extent. Like if you are talking about capitalism as the thing that underpins our economic system and is the root systemic cause for so many of our problems in society, then that perks my ears up more. Like that makes me more passionate about what you're doing and I trust you more. However, if you are one of these people that like doesn't use the S word for whatever reason, like you're in the suburbs or you're in a community with a lot of immigrants and you don't feel like challenging that. Like I might, I might issue points a little bit, but you're still in the room. And I mean, I was very positive on Marianne for other reasons, aside from her description of capitalism, which made me turn my stomach and fall down every time she said it. But however, if someone says on the record, uh, I'm calling for a complete inversion of the political power structure of the United States, that's enough for me. Like, I don't need someone to like fucking say the fucking word or whatever. I'm I'm good. That's enough. Yeah. Um, 
I I also don't get like super worked up over labels, and I'm also like, I mean, part of why we make this podcast together is because we agree about this stuff. But I also I couldn't agree more that like coalition building is really important. Like we have to build a a large grassroots movement. You know, we have and, to be the big tent that the DNC always claims that it is. Like, we have to actually embody that with the movement that we're making now to overthrow what they're doing, or else, like, it's just not really going to work out. And sometimes, like, there will be shitheads that are incidentally in your group. And, like, it's your job to, and, like, the right wing is so good at this. If there's a part of your ideology that they don't like, they don't like to argue over whether you can be in the room. They want you in the room because they are confident in their ability to radicalize you. Um, and they're they're confident in the ability to like build a coalition of the people in the room, even if they don't agree on every issue. And like the left needs that kind of confidence because the right's doing it every day. Could you, you know? imagine? Could you imagine if a right wing person was like, uh, "I support Trump." Like a left-wing person, like a nominally left-wing or a centerist person was like, I love Donald Trump. He's my guy. Uh, I'm kind of skeptical of his feelings on trans people, though. Uh, you know, I really am big into transgender issues and transgender rights. And, you know, that part of Trump, I'm not super into. Like, and this is, by the way, a more radical version of the Joe Rogan thing, because Rogan was not like Bernie does not su supports MMA fighters that are trans. And so I can't support him. Right. So this is more friction than that but that right-wing group is going to be like yeah come on in man by the way trump is great on these issues and here's why i'm going to explain it to you the right the right wing loves to bring people in and explain shit to them and i feel like the left wing uh just partially just because we're in different situations and we're closer to the material effects of how things happen so it's not like like if you're left wing and you don't want to explain shit to people you're like a dummy or whatever uh like we all have fucking limits of how much and how much we want to explain things to people. But the right is good at doing that because their eye is on the prize and their prize is on seizing and executing political power. And I sometimes wish we were like better at that as well. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. So where's your, like, where's your outer limit though? Because we're talking about this and for some yeah. people who like some people are, are saying that and they're just being shitheads, but a lot of people who are well-meaning was like, okay, the Joe Rogan thing is my outer limit. So what's our outer limit? So we can all talk about being inclusive. What for us is the place where we're like, okay, you got to be out of the tent. And if we say it's healthcare, are we shit libs? <laughs> like this be real. Like if you're like, well, you just you just want you just for, uh, like it's kind of funny because sometimes people love like, yo, fuck you, you just want to see a dentist, you piece of shit. <laughs> like I feel like that's a valid reason to join a political movement. But uh, Kennedy, what's your you got to get out kind of deal? Where, where's well, the line? Let's let's make it clear that maybe there should be three categories here, right? Like you're in the I, tent or you've been exiled is like a pretty extreme. You know what? God setting. damn, that's true. You know the so tent like, has layers. There's curtains in the tent. Or like maybe some people are standing in line outside the tent and we're thinking about letting them in if they fucking get their shit together. And maybe that's kind of how I feel about Joe Rogan. You know, like, like I, I wouldn't necessarily let Joe Rogan into the tent personally. I, I think he's a little too problematic for me. 
a lot of the time. Like he just really just can't handle a lot of issues that. Right. Like, and and I, we don't need to give our know? opinions on every single problematic person. Like, oh, it's Peter Carpenter. No. His counterpoints. Like, let's just okay, but, yeah. But the point is, is that we're just using him as the example in this right, episode right, because right, he's right. relevant. Right. But just like you know, if if Joe Rogan were to say it, like especially not like immediately, but like two years from now, like Peter Dow style, you know, like Bernie really changed my mind on transgender issues, trans MMA fights, yeah, like and and like reversed a bunch of his positions because of his support of Bernie Sanders. That would go a long way, you know. <laughs> all right. Well, well, all right. Let, well, um, let's leave. Let's leave hypothetical Joe Rogan, you know, future timeline. Uh, but, all right. So, who is the person? Who is the person? What is the stance that you're like? All right, we can't do this. Okay. Like, I can't welcome this person's support. So, our questions. Where, where I would draw the line, I guess, is just like. What's the all right? I think, uh, I, okay, I think the two biggest things. Yeah. One would be how they approach capitalism. Um, have people who are apologists for capitalism, and we've retweeted them. But okay, so here's the thing: I, I can understand some people who are in the "let's reform capitalism, not replace it" camp. I don't agree with them, but they're not necessarily out of the tent. But there's like a limit to that, basically, for me. So like if you if you're willing to put some like real critique on the table of the system and like a lot of people honestly are willing to like would be willing to implement like socialism light, but they just don't want to call it that, it seems like too. So like that's a whole thing. Like right. a lot of people are like, let's let's fix capitalism. And then you ask them, well, how do you fix capitalism? Well, you unionize everyone and you turn the workplaces into cooperatives. It's like, right. That's that's... A, right. yeah, right. <laughs> you know, um, so so I, I don't think you necessarily have to be in love with the S word. But I think that I do draw a line with like your ability to critique capitalism. If you can't if you're just like, you know, income inequality 